0: Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influencers Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influencers.church. And now for our message.
1: How good is this? Oh, we'll be here on the first day of 2023. right? And, um, you know, I'm so excited that you made the choice to come to church today. Um, I think that there's a... God will bless you for making that decision, for putting God first in your year. I don't know there's some people that wanted to be here in person, but you weren't able to be here uh, through different reasons, but you're joining us online. So glad that you're able to do that as well. But I, I honestly believe God will bless you for making this decision. In fact, every time you put God first, there is something good that you will receive from that. In fact, Jesus was teaching one day. He was teaching His disciples in Matthew chapter six, and He he was teaching them about how to reduce worry in their life. Who would like to have a little bit less worry in their life, right? He was helping them to learn how not to worry about the day-to-day needs, about what clothes you wear, about what you would eat and those sort of things that can consume us at different times. And the answer He gave them, He said, the way that you reduce that worry or remove that worry from your life is by putting God first. He says, seek first the kingdom of God And His righteousness and all those things that you're concerned about, He will take care of. He'll give them all to you. So there is a blessing from putting God first today. Not to mention that He's just worthy to be praised, isn't He? He's just worthy of our highest praise. When we consider who we are today and the hope that we have for tomorrow, it's only because of Him. It's only because His love and grace and because Jesus Christ, which we remembered today as we took communion, laid down His life so that we might have life. And so, you know, He's worthy of our highest praise each and every day. But I believe that putting Him first in your year is the best decision that you could make, amen? Amen. So today I wanna to share with you around a thought that I, I've, I really felt the Holy Spirit quicken in my heart um, a, a week or so ago. And um, this is really a message for anyone who has felt a tugging in their heart to step into something, or to start something, or to try something, or to do something they haven't done before, but haven't yet been able to find the courage to do so. This is a message that I pray uh, helps you to make a move in 2023, to step into something. And See, when I I consider our lives, I I realize that there are so many things that we can have in our heart to do, but that we don't do because we can't get past the voices that are telling us not to do it. Now, sometimes those voices are helpful. Sometimes those voices are helpful because they stop us from doing something that might be foolish or hurt ourselves. But when those voices stop us from doing what God is asking us to do, that's when they become a problem. And so I want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to take out something that you can write down on. Whether it's a phone, whether it's a piece of paper, if you need a pen, there's some in the seat pocket in front of you, but I want you to to have something that you can write down on because I wanna give you a minute to do something. I want you to write down on that piece of paper or in your phone or your iPad or whatever it might be. If you're watching online, I want you to do this as well. I wanna give you a minute to write down Something that you have felt in your heart to do, something that perhaps God has placed on your heart or been encouraging you to start or try or get involved in, that you are yet to do. I want you to just think about that. If there's something that you have in in your heart or in your mind to do, like for example, it might be to begin a course. It might be to reach out to somebody in your family that you haven't spoken to for a while. It might be a feeling to join a connect group or get more involved in church. It might be this desire to get healthy this year. It might be uh, that you've had you know, this desire to learn a new skill, take up a new hobby, or start a relationship. Whatever it might be, I want you to just write it down on that piece of paper. Something that you have been thinking about. It might've been something that you've wanted to do for years and you kept putting it off. It might've been something that just recently You've felt God speak to you about doing but you're yet to do it. So something that you've been feeling in your heart to do, that you're yet to do. So I was driving my daughter home from dance one night, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, as we were driving along, there was this LED screen on the side of the road, and I can't remember what it was advertising specifically, but there was this phrase on this LED screen that that just caught my eye. And as soon as I saw it, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that's what I want you to speak on today. And this phrase that jumped out at me was this, it was actually posed as a question. It simply said, one day or day one. One day or day one. As we gather here this morning on this first day of a brand new year, I. I believe that for many of us, this is the question God is asking you. Will it be one day or could this be day one? Could this be day one? See, I I don't know what you've written down, but I wanna ask you, will what you've written down remain as one day I might? One day I might start that business. One day I might start that new relationship. One day I might get involved in serving. One day I might enrol in that course. One day I might get myself healthy. One day I might surrender my whole life to Jesus. Will what is in your heart to do remain as something that one day you might, or could it today shift to becoming day one of I will? Day one of I will. I will start that business. I will take a move to begin that relationship. I will today get involved in serving. I will today enroll in that course. I will today get myself healthy. I will today make a decision to surrender my life fully to Jesus. Why can't today be the day when you finally make a move towards pursuing what it is that you have been putting off? Now, I, I get that some of you may be saying, but Tony, you gotta you got to understand. I, I, I would have done that yesterday if I could have. And I would love to do it today, but there's so many reasons why I can't. There's so many things that are stopping me from doing so. For example, it's it's not really the right timing. I have too many other responsibilities. I'm not even sure that I could pull it off. I don't know what I would do if it doesn't work out. I'm afraid of what other people might think or say, and I I don't even really have the means or the resource to be able to do it. And you know what, I I appreciate all of that, I do. Because I've wrestled with all of those reasons not to do something too. And I appreciate that they are very real reasons. So you can't just ignore them. And that's why today, God wouldn't ask you to ignore them. Instead, what I believe he would encourage you to do is to simply look beyond them. See, something the Apostle Paul encourages us to do in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says that once you connect your life to Jesus Christ, it is supposed to change the way that you walk. Yep. He says once you connect with Jesus and you encounter the kingdom of God and you have a revelation of what you now have access to, he says you are no longer supposed to just walk by sight. In other words, he's no, he says you're no longer supposed to just make your life's decisions or 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 you know, make choices about certain actions or things you do based simply on what you see in front of you or from what you see from a human perspective. He said, no, we're not supposed to just walk by sight any longer. But now he encourages us, he says, that now we are supposed to walk by faith. Which simply means to trust God that if he placed something on your hearts because he wants the best for you. And that if he's placed something in you, that it isn't to embarrass you. It isn't to just tease you. It certainly isn't to hurt you or make a fool of you, but it's there to bless you. And more often than not, it will reveal that there is more in you than you might even be aware of. You see, to walk by faith doesn't mean to ignore all the reasons why not. Instead, it means to trust God enough to imagine what if. What if I made a move at the beginning of the year? What if I put that thing into action? What if I joined that section? What if I got involved in that thing? What if I initiated that thing? What if I just took a step of faith? What could I see happen? What fruit could I see? What impact could God do in and through my life? What glory could I bring to God If I just took a step of faith. You know, I love what the Apostle Paul says. I love his attitude in 2 Corinthians 4.11. Speaking of all the challenges that he faced in living for Jesus, and he faced a lot of challenges. He says this, he says, Yes, we live under constant danger for our lives because we serve the Lord. But this gives us constant opportunities to show forth the power of Jesus Christ within our dying bodies. Right. He says, in other words, he's saying, yes, if you were just to look at our situation from a human perspective, there's a lot of reasons for us not to do what we've been doing. He says, there's a lot of reasons for us not to listen to the Spirit's leading. There's a lot of reasons for us not to, to you know, go about doing what we're doing, to even have started this journey. From a human perspective, there's a lot of reasons why you would say why not to. But then he says, but then when you look at it from a kingdom perspective, You realize that despite all those reasons why not, there are so many better reasons why too. Most especially, he says, the fact that it's only in following the Spirit's leading, in taking a step of faith, that do you then create an opportunity for God to do something amazing in your life. And who doesn't want that? Do you want God to do something amazing in your life in this year? I wonder, what could we see God do if we chose from the very beginning of the year? What could we see God do if we chose from the beginning of 2023 that this would be a year where we wouldn't walk by faith, but we would walk by sight? The other way around. I'm just checking if you're listening. I'm glad you didn't go, yeah, that's awesome. It really sucks when you stuff up your line that you wanted to really present. But what would happen? Hopefully you remember even more now. What could happen if this year we decide, you know what? I know there's a lot of reasons not to do something. I know there's a lot of stuff and a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and different things that could cause me to just stay where I am. But what could happen if I chose to not allow those things to dictate my life? but to look beyond them and to walk by faith in 2023. That every time something starts to hold me, I take a moment to check myself, am I walking by sight or am I walking by faith? I wonder what we could see happen. I wonder what we could achieve this year. If we didn't, if we decided that we would look past the reasons why not and start thinking, what if, what if? There's a story in 2 Kings chapter seven and it speaks about four is Isra- Isl- oh my goodness, Israelite, let me take a drink. A coffee, yeah, I need one of those eclairs. The story in 2 Kings seven, it speaks about four Israel, Isra- oh my goodness, <laughs> Holy Spirit, help me. Four lepers, let's just say that. You get there, Israelites, right? They're four lepers. And they were living during the time of a very severe famine, right? To give you a bit of context, uh, the Aramean army, they were the enemies of the Israelites. They attacked the capital of Samaria, where a, a large portion of Israelites lived. And they attacked the city and they surrounded the whole city and they put it under siege to the point where no Israelites could get into Samaria and none could get out. And after a period of time, it resulted in them running, the Israelites in Samaria, running out of basic supplies, because nothing could come in. And they slipped into this very severe famine. The Bible says to the point where they would pay exorbitant amounts of money just to be able to buy a donkey's head to eat or dove dung, right? It actually gets even worse than that. I won't share, it. you can read it, 2 Kings 6 to 7, there's kids in the room, but it's pretty bad, right? It's a very horrific famine. Like imagine how bad the conditions must be if you have to eat donkey's head and dog's dung. Like that's a bad time. Now it just happens that in the midst of this famine is the prophet Elisha. And uh, for a number of years, he had advised the king of Israel how to negotiate their enemies when they come against them. And so the king of Israel had relationship with Elisha. But the king of Israel, he was getting all caught up in his emotions because of his seeing all his people suffering and he wanted someone to blame and so he started blaming the prophet Elisha to the point where in a fit of rage, he wanted to kill him. And so he sent an officer to find Elisha to bring him back so that he could be killed. Now thankfully, Elisha was a prophet, so God spoke to him that it was gonna happen, right? So warned him. And uh, Elisha happened to be sitting with the leaders of Israel, having a discussion with them when this officer arrives. And so the officer arrives and when the officer gets there, God gives Elisha a word about the situation in Samaria. And Elisha stands up in the presence of the leaders of Israel, the elders of Israel, and this officer sent by the king. And he says this in 2 Kings 7 verse one, he makes this incredibly bold statement. He says, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver and 12 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. And basically what He's saying to them is this. He's saying, by this time tomorrow, everything's gonna completely turn around. This, this, the siege will be lifted, and the famine will completely turn around so there'll be enough food for everybody. Now the officer, he hears this and he's like, what are you talking about? Have you seen what's happening out there? And you're saying by this time tomorrow that everything's gonna turn around? Like that's crazy. In fact, he says to Elisha in 2 Kings 7:2, he says, even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven, that couldn't happen. He's saying, even, if, even God couldn't do that. How could that even happen? Have you seen the conditions out there? You know, isn't it amazing how quick we can be to doubt what God can do, especially when we can't figure out how He could do it? You know, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need something, God, to intervene in a situation in your life, and in your mind, you can think of a way, well, if God, you did this, then it could possibly happen, then we can tend to have faith for it. But the moment we're in a place where we're like, I don't, I can't even think how that is possible, then our, our faith can tend to elude us. But, but I wanna encourage you this morning that it was never our job God never asked us to figure out how He would do something. He said, no, leave that up to me. Let me worry about the how. All I need you to do is to believe that I can. Believe if I said it, if I promised it, then I can do it. And I just felt somebody needed to hear that today. I felt that somebody here, maybe it's a number of you today, and you're in a situation where in your mind, you can't even conceive how it can possibly change. You know, Maybe you have a loved one who's away from Jesus. Maybe they were walking with Him once, maybe they've never been, and they seem so far from a relationship with God that in your mind you're like, I can't see how that could ever turn around. Maybe you have a health challenge that you're dealing with and the doctors have told you, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And, And in your mind you're like, I can't even picture how I could get healthy again. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Maybe you've got a broken relationship with your husband or your wife or your children. And you're like, I just can't, in my mind, I can't see how this can restore or repair. Well, I want to encourage you today that just because you can't work it out doesn't mean that God can't still do it. You know, frankly, Frank, I don't want, why do I want to serve a God who's limited to my cognitive ability? That wouldn't be a very great God, I can tell you that. But we serve a God who the Bible says can do over and above anything we could ask, think, or imagine, amen. So even if you can't figure it out, God can still do it. Just believe, just trust in Him, believe that He can. So Elisha, he hears the officer's doubt that this situation could change. He's like, well, how could that happen? And Elisha says to him, Okay, well, he says in 2 Kings 7 2, he says, okay, well, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. You know, this is one of the tragic things of unbelief is that it often doesn't stop God doing something, but it stops us partaking in it. You think about salvation is the perfect example. Salvation's already been paid for, but you only partake of it when you believe. It's already done. It's belief, trusting in God, enables you to benefit from the blessings that God has for you. You don't wanna miss out on what God has for you. Keep believing in Him. I might not work it out, but that's okay. Leave that to God. Just keep trusting in Him, amen? Now, while all this is going on, while that conversation is going on, the Bible tells us that there are four lepers. There are four lepers who have been living outside the city near the entrance of Samaria. Now, the reason they're living outside the city is because back in those days, if you had a skin disease, you were classed as unclean. And you had to separate, you had to isolate yourself from the main community. Because... No one else wanted to be infected. And and so these four lepers, they were living outside the city. Now you can imagine how bad their conditions were when you consider how bad the conditions were in the city. Most scholars say that the people who lived outside the city would have lived off the garbage that was thrown over the wall from the people inside the city. The people inside the city eating donkey's heads and dove dung, you can imagine what they're throwing out. So it's amazing that these guys survived out there, but they, they're in the midst of this famine and they realize, they get to a point where they're like, you know, we've got to make a decision. And so it says this in 2 Kings 7.3. It says, now there were these four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there, right? So here's these four lepers, and they're like, if we don't do anything, if we just remain here, nothing's gonna change. If we just remain here, we already know the outcome, we're gonna die. And if we go back to where we were before, nothing's gonna be different either. We're gonna end up with the same outcome. And then they say this, We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better, but if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So here's these four lepers they're saying if we don't make a move, if we don't take a step, if we just stay here, nothing's gonna change. We already know the outcome. We're going to die. If we go back to where we were, if we're like, well, let's go back and do what we've done before, that's not going to make any difference either. They said, the only choice we have is to take a step of faith, to move out from where we are, to try something that we haven't tried before. And who knows what could happen? Hey, if we end up in the same place, what have we got to lose? But there's a possibility that there might be something great waiting for us out there. So come on. Let's take a step of faith. Let's make a move, right? What have we got to lose? And so in 2 Kings 7, verse 5 to 8, it says, So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. Hang on, this is the, this is the army. This is the enemy that had had them under siege in the city. They get to the camp of the enemy, and they're like, there's no one here. It says this, and then it says, it says, for the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The King of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked, this is the enemy, they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. They take a step of faith as they're taking a step of faith, guess what? God goes before them. God goes before them. That they take a step of faith and it says that as they are walking, God makes the sound of their footsteps to the enemy sound like a mighty army is coming and the enemy is scared off By the time they get to the camp, no one's there, and they go in and they feast them to their heart's content. You know what's interesting? They didn't even know that God had done that. They take a step of faith, and they didn't even realize what God was up to when they did. Now, they eat this. they, They have a great time, right? They're like, this is amazing. And then they start to feel guilty because they start to hide it and they keep it to herself. and then they're like, actually, you know what? We can't do that. We actually need to go back to the city and tell them what we've found. All right. So they go back into the city and when they get there, they tell the authorities, hey, we found all this food. right? We found all this food. You've got to come check it out. And they get to, and perhaps the keys can join me as well. Right? So they get to the city they tell the king, and the king says this. It says the, in 2 Kings seven uh, 7.12, it says, the king got out of bed in the middle of the night and told his officers. He goes, no, 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 no. I know what's happened. I know, I know what they're saying, but listen, I know exactly what's happened. The Arameans know we are starving, so they have left the camp and hidden in the fields. They are, they are expecting us to leave the city and then they'll take us alive and capture us and capture our city, right? So the king, he hears that the Aramean army, they've gone. Hey, if you just come out of the city, there's all this food waiting for you. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't believe that for a second. It's a trap, all right? He's saying, if I take a step of faith out of where I am, there's a whole load of stuff out there ready to get me. Church, I wonder what false enemies have you trapped? I wonder what false fears have you stuck in that place thinking that I can't. I wonder what things you're afraid of that's holding you from starting that thing, initiating that thing, getting involved, That God's like saying, I've already dealt with that. I've already dealt with that. A whole city's stuck in the middle of the famine thinking there's an enemy out there so they can't move. And God's like, I've already dealt with that enemy. I've already dealt with that fear. I've already dealt with that opposition. All I'm asking you is take a step of faith and trust me, I'll go before you. And the very reasons that you thought were holding you back, you'll discover aren't even legitimate reasons anyway. Because I've already made a way. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm gonna bless you. I wanna help you. I want you to discover that there's more in you. I want you to discover more about me. I wanna do something amazing in your life. If you'll just trust in me, put your faith in me, believe in me. Luke 6 verse, sorry, Luke 9 verse 62. Jesus said this, he says, no procrastination, no backward looks, You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day, seize the day, seize the day, church. He says, when it comes to what God is asking us to do, I know, I understand it seems scary. I know that there's unknowns, I know that there's uncertainties, but if you seize the day and pursue what God is asking you to do, guess what? Like the four lepers, you'll discover that God has already dealt with all the blockages for you too, amen. Seize the day. I'll finish with this. I pray this encourages you. Back in 2017, I, like you, felt God speak to me about doing something, about starting something something that I hadn't done before, something that was very foreign to me. And I'll explain in a minute why, but I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Tony, I want you to go and study a Bachelor of Theology. the beginning of 2017. Now, to help you understand how that was for me, I'd never done any university study. When I left year 12, I didn't go to university. I went and did a trade and eventually joined the military. And I actually had the thinking that that sort of level of study was only for certain people. I remember being in school and being quite intimidated by the thought of going to uni. I'm like, you know, that's only for people who, you know, love to read a lot. And, you know, <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't great. I didn't like reading unless it had a car magazine. I'll read that, right? But, um, you know, and or people who like to, you know, talk about really intellectual things and they get excited by that stuff. And I was like, you know, that's. I, I just don't think I'd, I'd do great at that. And so I had all these reasons why not to do it. Why not to start it? And they were all legitimate reasons to me. Right. And so I just kept it under wraps for a little while. And then and then it I just kept coming back. It just kept coming back. And I, I realised, you know, I had this thought, Tony, are you walking by sight? Or are you walking by faith? And I thought, you know, <laughs> I want to be a leader who who walks by faith. And so I took a little step. That's all God's asking you to do, just take a little step. So I took a step of faith and I enrolled in the course to do it online at the beginning of 2017. and, And I think it was about the end of February, 2017, maybe beginning of March, I did my first class. And to say that it was clunky to begin with would probably be an understatement. Like I was like, I was struggling just to work out their online platform, let alone what they were teaching. Right? I was getting so frustrated. My wife, my wife will tell you, right? I'm like Moodle. I'd say it's put me in a bad mood. That's what it's done, right? Like I'm like, what is this thing? And uh, so I was like. You know, I'm trying to, I was trying to get into a routine of study and I hadn't studied for 20, like I'd been out of school for 21 years at this time. i have been out of school longer than I was in it, right? And I didn't study great when I was in it. I was playing sport and doing other stuff that I love to do. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm just, I'm trying to work out a study routine. I'm trying to, you know, work out what on earth my lecturers actually want me to put in an assignment because I'm like, I don't understand, like what are you guys on about, right? Like my job, like as a pastor, like we, like my hope is to take something complex and make it easy to understand. But I'm telling you, they take something complex and make it even harder to understand, right? I'm like, what is, honestly, like I'm reading their textbooks and I have to Google every second word because I have no clues what it means. I'm like, what even is that word? Who uses that word? What's wrong with you people? Like you're writing for 2% of the population. I'm glad you guys enjoy it, but the rest of us don't know what a clue what you're talking about, right? So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get and I'm spending hours on my day off watching videos, you know, reading books, trying to do my assignments and rewriting them and rewriting them, handing them up. And then a couple of weeks later, getting it back and not getting the grade I want, getting all these comments about how I could have done better and still not, like, getting yelling at the screen because I was so frustrated. And you know, that first little while I was like, you know, all those reasons, that I felt why not to do it, I started to feel like, I oh, see, this is validating it. See, I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. This isn't, isn't for me. It is only for special people. And then I remembered in the book of Ecclesiastes, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's uh, in chapter three, it lists a bunch of different times. It says a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up. And in fact, it lists 28 different times. But you know what it doesn't list? It never lists a time to quit. am I like, all right, God. <laughs> you must see something that I don't. And so I stuck at it. I kept... Studying, I kept reading, and you know what? I started to get the hang of it. I started to understand a little bit more about what they wanted. I started to read these academic things and sort of, you know, get to learn a little bit more about what they were actually trying to say. And my grades started to improve. And as I stand here today, six years later. I have three subjects left until I finish, right? Three subjects left until I finish. By this time next year, I should have finished and I'd be pretty close to graduating, right? Of the last seven subjects I've done, I've got six high distinctions, right? Now, I don't say that, please. I say that in one distinction, I was super frustrated and annoyed because I missed out by like 2%, right? It was my fault because I got the word count wrong in an assignment, I was spewing. Anyway, but I, please, I don't say that, no, hear my heart. I don't say that to brag at all. I say that to encourage you. That I know, I know it seems scary. I know it might seem beyond you. What, what you have in your heart might be something big, it might even just be something small. But what I discovered is that God wasn't trying to embarrass me. God wasn't trying to tease me. God was helping me to see what was in me, what I could do if I just trusted in Him. And I believe that He wants to show you the same too. I believe that He wants to bless you. He loves you. And if He's stirring you to do something, it's only gonna be good for you. It won't hurt you, it's not gonna be bad for you. It won't take away from you, even if it costs you some time, even if it costs you some resource, even if it costs you some effort and some frustration at times. The reward will way outweigh the cost. What if at the beginning of this year you chose to walk by faith instead of by sight? What could you see God do? What could your story be? What could your testimony be? What could you have to thank God for? What could we do collectively if we decided as a church, hey, we're not just gonna stay here. We're not gonna go back, but we're gonna take a step, make a move, do something for the glory of God, amen. Come on, let's thank Him this morning. Let's thank Him today. Let me just share this one last scripture with you and then we'll pray, Proverbs twenty-two, thirteen, in the Amplified Version. It says, the lazy one manufactures excuses and says, well, there's a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets if I go out to work. What a saying is that you can always find excuses to remain where you are to not go after what you know you could, but ultimately, you know in your heart that you got to do it. And I just felt the Holy Spirit today wanted to fill you with an extra dose of faith to encourage you to make this day one. Make this day one. Amen. Make this day one.
0: I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I will tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about him, he loved you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for. But we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed his love. So he sent his son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life. But knowing we couldn't, he said, I will take their place. So he died. who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what, the past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.